On today's episode of Titus and Tate, it is the sweetest Sweet 16 preview you have ever heard. It is Coach K's My Super Sweet 16. <laughs> this is going to be my favorite episode ever. Uh, we are doing a Sweet 16 preview. We're going to uh, take a set. We, we kind of did it on Sunday, but like we, that was more of a reaction to the mm. second round games, Tate. Can I address gotta, that, by the way? We're what? in the reaction business. There's been a lot of people that think that you know in this new time, that if they're new to the program, they're like, you guys are predicting things and they're incorrect. We're in the reaction business, not in the prediction business. We're not go prognosticators. That's like, uh, you know, if this was South Park, this is our caution. You know, this is our like, we're in the reaction yeah, business. Yeah. Nothing you hear. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Sweet 16. Some of the games we're excited about. Uh, some of the teams we maybe were down on and maybe we're not so down yeah. on anymore. Maybe some of the teams we are down on in the Sweet 16. Uh, just overall vibes and, and, and having a good time talking in state tournament. It's been a fun tournament. Going to continue to be a fun tournament. All that coming up, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. Uh, let's talk about. Can we? Can we do like a a, a big thirty thousand foot view of the NCAA tournament right now um, before we start talking about individual games and 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 all that because. Uh, I, th I think this is a good opportunity to stop and say, what kind of tournament is this? Is this a good tournament? Is this a bad tournament? Um, I saw the the ratings, which like I really it really sucks that Outkick has become the only outlet that cares about sports television ratings because I find it fascinating. I don't. Yeah. I'm not someone who takes the ratings and then applies an agenda to them. But I, I definitely, I'm not gonna that lie. That is what they are doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I 100 am fascinated by rate. I don't know. It's yeah, like it's yeah. an interesting, it's interesting to know. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to, to. I didn't care, and then I knew, and then I started to care. You know. That's yeah. They, that's how they get you. But like, that it, damn it sucks. It sucks to be in a position where caring or or not. I don't even really care, but I am interested. It is, it is information. Yeah, that curious. I find interesting. Yeah. I won't lie. When someone tweets out that this sporting event did this number of ratings, I'm not someone that goes, "Who cares?" Mm -hmm. I say. I care. I care. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. It's yeah, uh, interesting. Thanks. But I did see that uh, f uh, uh, there uh, the, the this NCAA tournament averaged nine million people per game. Uh, More than the NBA finals. The <laughs> it's true. We are a fact based program. The first That's not round, an agenda. That wasn't an agenda. No, there's thing. no agenda behind that. That's just facts. It's facts. This is facts. I need someone in the background, Jim. Can you just yell facts? Facts. Um, Jim. Jim wants to be in San Diego right now. Highest ratings in five years, I believe, for the opening opening weekend. Uh, so I I find that interesting. Just like because because what happens is every tournament you want to talk about like this, this was an awesome tournament. This is not an awesome tournament. More often than not, it's an awesome tournament. But I just wanted to have a quick discussion. Like this is a good tournament, is it not? Yeah, we're having absolutely. a great tournament. Yeah, and if you're a lot of the people that are casual fans want to watch or NBA fans want to watch for the NBA reasons, we have three of the four top number one pick options in the NCAA, in the NBA draft coming up. You know, the only one that is out so far as we get to the Sweet Sixteen is Jabari Smith. Yes, but we have Chet, yes. we have Jaden Ivey, mm -hmm. and we have Paolo Banquero. Mm -hmm. Paolo Banquero. Yes. So we have three of the four. So the, I don't that's think Paolo is uh, number one. Look, but I hear what you're saying. For, we, the, for, the, for the narrative. For, for, for the for Duke the, narrative the, yeah, that I yeah, have yeah. to uh, praise B to, like everyone else, Paolo is in the number one conversation, even though, wink, wink, we all know he's not. Um, he's, in, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. He's not actually in contention, but he is Three in the of the four number one picks are still in the tournament. We have Blue Bloods represented. We have UCLA back, a team that we're familiar with. We have Drew Timmy playing the best we've seen him play. Um, and he's obviously on a tear. 
we got a chance for Jaden Ivey to make a magical run for a program that has been waiting, that has been just like edging and trying <laughs> to get there for so long. Purdue, you deserve it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? We have a great story there. We have Kansas, Bill Self, trying to give, trying to give the people what they want. Um, and we have Kansas. the great Cinderella story of the team that nobody, that everybody counted out <laughs> and, said, <laughs> it. and said they have no hope whatsoever of going on a run. I'm talking, oh, no. of course, about Michigan. Oh, I thought you were talking about <laughs> Iowa State. Oh, no. Okay, so Michigan is that team. That's right. So much adversity for the Wolverines. Uh, Kelvin no, say, Sampson has his shirt off. Uh, Tommy Lloyd did it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of great storylines. St. Peter's is uh, has yes. been fascinating to watch the last few days as uh, there haven't been games on. So it, w- w- guys like you and I and, and all the other college basketball media types, they need stuff to talk about and stuff to people to interview. And Shaheen Holloway has said yes to every interview, which, which you do. When you're a 15 seed and you're in the Sweet 16, you say yes to every interview. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's fascinating to, to like really – I guess like compare St. Peter's to Oral Roberts and Florida Gulf Coast, um, which I did. I've, I've got I've I've rubber banded back and forth when the game had, when St. Peter's beat Kentucky. I was like that might be the biggest upset ever, even more so the UMBC over Virginia. Uh, then St. Peter's wins the next game against Murray State and wins kind of I wouldn't say convincingly in the sense it was a blowout, but convincingly in the sense that you're like that didn't feel like a fluke. That mm-hmm. feels like St. Peter's just beat them. Um, so then I was like, well, maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal that they beat Kentucky. But then now in the couple of days that I've had to like read all the St. Peter's, I saw like a guy that was on staff at St. Peter's. I forget his name, but like there was a thread that popped up in my uh, in my purview of a guy that was like, I used to coach at St. Peter's. Our our offices were flooded at all times. He said that they couldn't turn the music up when they were lifting weights because the weight room on the other side of the weight room was classrooms. <laughs> like the school's so small that like the so like hearing all of these stories about how the budget is I mean the more time that goes on if this sweet 16 happened in three months by the time this t- game tips off between St. Mary or St. Peter's and Purdue you would convince yourself that it's actually a charity and that they they do not pay anybody on staff and this, this whole th- their budget is zero dollars because that's that's what it like keeps the more I hear about it the more I'm like oh so you like you sell Girl Scout cookies to fund your, <laughs> your program that's how you guys do this you're the you're the little league team with the candy box that goes knocking on the doors. Um, so it that that part has been cool because it contextualizes just like how amazing it is, how amazing it is, and and how like all of these 15 seeds going on these runs are not equal. They're not the same. Mm-hmm. They're they're they all have their own little different wrinkles that makes it cool. And St. Peter's uh, has to be the most unlikely of all the 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 Cinderella runs we've seen. I don't know. And they run good offense. I mean, it's not like this is some when you watch them, it's not like, oh, wow, how is this happening? This is the luckiest thing I've ever. It's not Providence. Just kidding, Providence. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke, Providence. Just kidding. But I mean, when you watch St. Peter's, they run good offense. They have fun players. I mean, you talk about Defo. I mean, I love Doug Eddard. You know, this guy has the moxie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to to make big shots. Purdue needs to be worried about St. Peter's because St. Peter's is not going to come there and, uh, you know, tread lightly, so to speak. And also Shaheen Holloway, you mentioned all of his press conferences. My favorite press conference that he gave was when he was asked about his kids and he was like, I got kids from New York City and New Jersey. Mm -hmm. They bring the fight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're not they're not. They're not worried about anybody trying to rough them up because they're rough kids. You know what I mean? The the New Yorker and Jim. Probably so this is that. this is classic Indiana versus New York rivalry. That's what that I goes feel back like. This is the, Hicks uh, versus Knicks. The Hicks and, versus Knicks. Uh, I mean, that's what worries <laughs> me about Purdue going up against St. Peter's because you know the Knicks are going to come in there and try to rough them up a little bit and uh, test what their What worries toughness. me about Purdue going up against St. Peter's is that Purdue has found themselves in a position uh, with an eight it's, seed it's and a four perfectly, seed. Perfectly, it's broken perfectly. perfectly. They're going yeah. up against a fifteen seed, then they play an eight or a four to go to the final four, and 
you're saying to yourself, literally nothing can go wrong. <laughs> and I think if you're a Purdue fan, those are the words. Those are the words that moments. are most terrifying yeah. for you. Uh, where it looks like nothing can go wrong and everything has been paved perfectly for you. Um, but Purdue's not going to lose to St. Peter's. There's no way. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. They're, they're not going to lose to St. Peter's. But yeah. the, the the Carolina UCLA game would be in, like the the Purdue the winner game. of that game yeah. to play yeah. Purdue. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. What 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 Sweet Sixteen game jumps out to you the most? Mm. Which one are you most excited about? I mean, it's obviously Duke, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I was going to say. Right? I mean, yeah. I do. I don't know if it's going to be the most exciting game. Duke Texas Tech because I think Texas Tech is going to try to slow that game down and make Duke play in the half court a little bit, but we'll see what Duke can do. Um, Arizona Arkansas is kind of fascinating. Gonzaga Arkansas. Oh, sorry, what did yeah, I say? Arizona. Arizona yeah, yeah. Well, Arizona and Gonzaga. Arizona Arkansas would be a fun. Yeah, game. Yeah, that would be a fun. <laughs> game. That could be in the title game. Yeah. Uh, but Gonzaga Arkansas is also up there, one of the first round games that could really. Uh, I don't know the must bus. I think Gonzaga handles business, but that could be a fun game. I'm, so you, you, I'm actually you, worried about Arizona Houston, so I don't find that as fun. But yeah, I think uh, in in the West, <laughs> both those games. The the West is the I mean the West is chalk, so the West is uh um in that regard like the most captivating because it's the the four best teams that are in that region uh playing each other. The uh the South to me is the most interesting because you kind of have a mix of everything. You have Arizona, who I feel is the best team in the country the one seed, but they were obviously tested against TCU. They're going to be tested again again against Houston. You have Houston, who is uh, somewhere in between a Cinderella and, like, not... A new blood. Uh, uh, the exact opposite of Cinderella. Like, you, you talk to some Houston people, and they're like, we are we should be the one seed in this region. Yeah. Um. You, you talk to the, the, the committee slash me... Uh, your Houston is not at that level of everyone else. Um, but certainly you watch the Illinois game and and you come away thinking Houston is every bit as good as all these other teams. Michigan uh, is a team that was up and down all season, as we know. Um, but the preseason they had high expectations. Top and five so team. It's it's a team that like isn't isn't there some sort of thing where the preseason AP poll is more indicative of what to expect in the NCAA tournament than the postseason poll? I think that's like a thing that exists, and it 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 does not seem it doesn't make sense on the surface. But then you look at a team like Michigan in the Sweet Sixteen, you're like, oh, maybe it does make sense. Maybe at the end of the day, the teams that coming into the season that had all the talent, uh, maybe you know a winner go home scenario. Those are the teams we should believe in. Um, because at the end of the day, they have the talent. They have the talent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems to be that seems to win out. Uh, and then Villanova is is an absolute machine, and and they're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves. They're well coached. Jay Wright doesn't. Uh, I saw CBB on Fox put this stat in front of my face that Jay Wright has never lost in the history of his career, even dating back to the times when Jay Wright was overrated and a fraud and could never get over the hump. Jay Wright has never lost to an eleven or lower seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, so all four and me, the, to me, the South has like four teams that all believe they can get to the final four and they're all right. They can, uh, the path is there, I agree. but they all have like four different vibes to their season, four different identities, four different arcs, four different arcs. Uh, it's, and, and that's going to be fascinating to watch play out. Uh, so I, t to me, if I'm circling one of like the, the one thing I'm most interested to see, it's the South probably the yeah. regional. If I had to go to one regional. I would pick the South. That would be mm. the most fun to go to, I think. And where is the South? San Antonio. There you go. That was a great Final Four when we went to San Antonio. So yeah. Villanova is going to feel very comfortable there. So that makes me they feel... They played Michigan 2018. Yeah, so that feels, National title game. Yeah, that feels even more of a, of a reason to feel good about Villanova, which means 
good things probably for Michigan because Michigan has defined the I, I never thought that Michigan would beat Tennessee in what world but then also I watched that game and Michigan is playing up to their talent level Villanova feels like a team of destiny as I've said with Colin Gillespie Colin Gillespie is destined for the final four so that will be an interesting matchup um yeah, the South and the West both have my attention fully. And like you said, all four of those teams in the South think they can go to the Final Four or expect to be in the Final who, Four. Who, who, let's do a, uh, let's figure out which teams do not think they can go to the Final Four. Because <laughs> that, yeah. that is fascinating. Like you, you, you could talk yourself into the happy into, to be here teams. Yeah, who are the happy to be here teams? Obviously, St. Peter's. Yeah. I mean, we crossed them off. Iowa right State away. is happy to be here. Iowa State's definitely happy Otzelberger's to be here. Otzelberger's happy to be here. I think Miami is. Miami's happy to be here, I think. I think they count. I think I think Miami was um the second round, they were obviously not happy to be here. That's why they smoked Auburn. <laughs> yeah. They, they there was the disrespect chip yeah. on our shoulder. Whole now they got thing. the validation. We're a sweet sixteen yes. team. So they're they're kind of over. This is it. all they ever wanted. So maybe that's good for Iowa State. This is all we were fighting for yeah. was Give the us respect. respect. Now they have it. Um Does Providence have it now? That's the question to me about Providence. Because I Kansas is an interesting matchup. If they did beat Kansas, that would be I would have to read, yeah. eat a lot of crow about Providence. So are is Providence just happy to be here? Is that the question or what, yes, what, what I think do you that's think? the question? I think that's, that a, that's I think, a good that's I think a good happy. one. I think they're happy. I don't know if they're happy to be here, they're just happy. That's a good one because uh I you know, they hadn't been to the Sweet 16 in a long time. They hadn't won the Big East in a long time. I'll I'll say this, if Providence does in fact lose to Kansas and the bottom falls out of Providence like everyone has been saying is going to happen at some point mm-hmm. and Providence fans keep laughing because it hasn't happened yet. Um, if in fact the bottom falls out against Kansas, I do think Providence fans will ultimately like be happy for the season. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. We so in that regard, East, first time ever, I, I don't think they're completely satisfied. I think they, they have talked themselves into, we could, of course we can go to the final four. Of course we won the big East. The big East is the best basketball conference where the big East is better than the big 12. We're going to prove it against Kansas. Um, but I do think that if they lose, they're not necessarily disappointed. I think they're like, it was an awesome season and I'll remember this forever. I think that's the mindset of Providence fans. Has to be. And Ed Cooley, remember, people forget the hottest coach in America. Everybody <laughs> wanted to hire Ed Cooley, but he's staying at Providence because he loves it so much. Um, and then from there, I mean, I think, you know, you're getting into the, the territory of, like you said, Houston fans. They think they should have been a one seed. So they obviously expect to go back-to-back Final Fours. Um, Purdue is expecting to go to at least the Final Four. UCLA is expecting to go yeah. to the Final Four. Is Carolina four. happy to be here? Carolina is happy to be here a little bit. I think there's a tinge yeah. of happy to be here, but especially because you beat Baylor and the way you beat Baylor. So are, how, how worried are you? Uh, like my, my theory with St. Peter's that – the the reset the four day reset of going back to campus and everything mm-hmm. is actually bad for St. Peter's um, because now they're all just going to go real. back. Yeah. Now they all just go back and they probably got off the team bus and had all the the students yeah. and fans like yeah. holding up signs and clapping for them and all that. And now they instead of like practicing and locking in, they're just like going Smiling to the and, local yeah. sub shop and you doing know, nil <laughs> <laughs> and walking in and getting round of applause from yeah, all day long. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, how worried are you that that's the case with this Carolina team that they, uh, given that the, like, I mean, the last couple of weeks stretch we've had of Carolina basketball has been a lot of things to get the, the student section going nuts about beating Baylor and Duke, you know? Yeah. And that stretch. And Virginia by 20. 
in there. And Virginia by 20, which apparently is a thing that, no, we love that. that Carolina fans love. Um, <laughs> how worried are you that, that the Carolina player, that Brady Manick went back and, and has, instead of practicing and locking in on UCLA, he's like just walking around like in a parade waving at Carolina. Brady Manick is averaging 27 points per game in the tournament, which I think is being a little bit underrated. And he hasn't even played two full games. And I do think there's a little bit of chip on his shoulder because of what happened, how he was thrown out of that game. I think that he has, you know, quote unquote, something to prove. I said this earlier, we went on KOC's pod and he was asking about UNC UCLA. And I think that Carolina has a great starting five. They know who they are. They know their roles. RJ is now the point guard. Caleb is the shooting guard. Quite literally, Caleb is going to shoot. We know he's going to shoot. So he is. Emphasis on the shooting. Em- emphasis on shooting guard is what Caleb is. He's finally home. But there. Bill Titus says, is he a making guard? <laughs> he, he can be a maker, but he's definitely a taker. Uh, Leaky Black is, you know, the people's champ. He is a great defender. He's been great for this team. And then Brady Manick and Armando Bacon have a great rapport. That iron five that Carolina has. I really have a lot of faith in. I'm worried about their depth, but we have we yes. must remember that Dontre Styles came into this game against Baylor, the defending national champs, the number one seed, and hit the biggest shot in overtime that first three to kind of get get things going. So I have so the to Baylor, feel a little bit. I have to feel a little bit empowered by the fact that this Carolina team looked the part against the defending. So champs. walk coming out of the Baylor game, you're not worried about the depth. You, you, I, th- I feel better about the more. I feel as good or if not better than I ever have about the depth okay. with this team. Cause there's always been a five that I believed in that five that I just ran through. I believe in those guys. Then I worried behind them what it would be, especially if you get in foul trouble, especially if one gets thrown out and the other one fouls out and they're mm-hmm. down two starters. Uh, against the and then the other team presses and then the other team puts a press on and And then one of our ball handlers is like i'm guarded and then everyone else is like the mark then mark emmert puts the call in that says uh stop carolina this team is the number one team in the uh or the number one seed and defending national champion let's make this a close one and then the rest are like say no more mark we'll take care of it from here yeah we got it apparently (laughs) look and i'm not a kentucky fan so i don't talk about the referees but apparently one of the referees was like one of Cal's guys, apparently, and like uh, all this stuff. What do you? Uh, uh, yeah. l- l- let's talk about the referees for a second because that, that is a, a broad. What's like, his name? I gotta pull him up. The uh, the the tournament this year has been awesome, and as we said, it's it's been a ton of fun, and there's a, a lot of different things you can latch onto uh, to get excited about. Um, but I do, I am worried that we are teetering on a ref show, a ref show that, that not only the ref show, but like that becoming the narrative that like by the time the final four rolls around, we're talking just about the refs. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're by the way, I'm not, I'm Again, not attacking. I, I'm not a Kentucky fan, so I don't talk about the refs. No, I, I'm the opposite. I, we talk about the refs a lot on the show. <laughs> we mentioned Bo Baroski at all times. Well, he deserves it. At all. You're talking Bo, about. Bo Baroski's going to Philadelphia, by the way. You're not a Kentucky fan, so you don't talk about the refs. You literally walk in. The first thing you say when you see Jim and I is like, these refs were well, ridiculous that, that against Baylor. The, the historic. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, so you only talk about the refs when, when it's historic. Um, <laughs> but this is the problem is that I I feel like there is a a narrative, for lack of a better word, a, a collective mind uh, discussing the NCAA tournament that the refs are historically bad in this tournament. They are. That, that if you look at uh, the USC-Miami ending, you look at uh, the Arizona-TCU ending, the, yeah. the Carolina-Baylor game, the 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 tech called on Melendez of, of, of Illinois for the hanging on the rim – there are all these moments. In fact, like I didn't even write these down. Three I'm, fouls in a row against Michigan. Three State. fouls in a row. I uh, we didn't even write these down. We, these are just yeah. off the dome that we're remembering all this. Um, are we worried about that? Like, how do we? How do we as a uh, 
I don't know. I don't. What do we, what do, we do? Because I don't want that to be. Yeah. I don't want that to be the story. I don't want to. But at the same time, those Baylor refs that are never moved on. And Britton Hampton is his name, and he's going to Philadelphia. He was one of the three refs in the Baylor game. The one I was talking about. You're not a Kentucky fan, and yet you just looked up the man's name to try to dox him and his family on a national <laughs> no, college basketball podcast. No, do you want to read you. his address? Do you want to read his kids' names? No, he and Bo Baroski. What daycare does he take his he kids and to? He and Bo are going to Philadelphia, and it's going to be a show. And. uh <laughs> what flight are they on? I gotta go look it up. I gotta figure it out. Uh, but all I'm saying is that yes, you're right. It cannot be a ref show. We shouldn't be talking about the names of these refs. Jeff Goodman. <laughs> We're the sure. What the fuck is happening, Jeff? Jeff Goodman is the one that tweeted the names of these refs. That's the reason why I know. And and people. We're all looking for the man who did this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we say are. right now. We are. We all trying to look for the man who did this. And uh, the man who did this is Brent Hampton, and he lives in. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no but i will say i mean i hope that i don't have to i hope we never talk about the refs again i hope that's the end but i don't i think it's only gonna get worse no, i think the, we uh, can't let it get worse i but i think like the the reviews the the refs the refs need to do this they need to stop calling charges i think you start there yeah i think i think we need to like a serious overhaul. or maybe a limit on the game you only have five charges yes. you can call a game yes so we you, need to, you have to really pick when they're we need to call. change the calls of um, dude, we, we've said this before. It needs to be said again. The charge is the most fun thing in the world to call the, the throwing your fist and, and <laughs> calling a charge. Meanwhile, the flop is literally the, the worst hand motion signal. You know what I mean? Like the flop. So you, the, and, and the time you would call a flop is on a block <laughs> charge situation. <laughs> And no. if you have a choice of flopping your hands out yeah. or, or, or doing or like a, a punch, yeah. which is basically a strikeout for yes. like an umpire. Yes, it's true. You know what you're going to choose. It's true. So I think we start there. <laughs> I think we also need to overhaul the review system because everybody hates, like it, it has gotten to a point where every single game, like television networks next year should uh, no longer block out two hours for a college basketball game. You should do two hours and 15 minutes. We learned this with the Coach K farewell and yes. Cameron uh, that the, the bled over uh that the kansas texas game bleeds over into to coach k's deal thank you kansas. um the 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 reason these games are so long is because all the reviews at the end and I, th we got to overhaul that we got to overhaul the reviews because then on top of it like not only does it does it kill the momentum of the game but you get to a situation tate at the end of these games where you, the the fans at home as we're waiting for the refs to make a decision we're seeing the same replay 10 million times from oh, 10 yeah. million angles and that I think factors into like the the discussion of how bad the refs are because then, you know what I mean? Like you're having like if you just show like one quick replay, and the refs make a decision based on that, then we move on. It, it would help. It would help. I don't yeah. think I don't think we would. I don't think we need to see the TCU put a Arizona time limit play. on it. That's yeah. what it needs. When we see the the TCU Arizona play ten trillion times and we're all arguing about it over and over, we come away talking about the refs more. Um, I don't know. That that's the one thing. That I need to see less about. of Gene's territory. I need to see. I need to hear. Stop less having Gene's territory. Come, yes. Yeah. Stop. I mean, yeah. we're getting to a point where Gene's territory. I look on. You know, awful announcing. He signed a seven million dollar deal because <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so vital. Amazon. To the broadcast. Amazon, Amazon is not taking Gene's territory. We're gonna need Gene's territory, like his rights, to be able to replay these moments. We better be careful. Gene's has territory. he ever disagree with the refs? By the way, like, has he ever disagreed with what was called on the floor? He I mean, has. No, he has. Every not. so often. Find the clip, Jim. He's never he, done that. Gene has. Yeah, no, he, didn't show up, Jim. he has, but he uh, he doesn't. He still agree with the refs, even if he disagree with the call. It's never. It's it's, it's a mafia. The refs are the mafia. <laughs> 
We better be careful, dude. Gene Steratore, we're going to find out. Son to deal at Fox and his... He has to come on this podcast. He's he's taking he's taking the Andy Katz <laughs> once a week. He's taking the Andy Katz spot that was on our like show. When I was going crazy about the bubble and Jim's like, they said we got to get the Corsi on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, walks in. He's like, so who's this Mike DeCorsi guy? I was like, it's our it's our no, colleague. I it's know our... who Mike DeCorsi is. He's like, come on our show. By I know, the way, your uh, your gripe is I with, respect uh, this man. Your gripe is with uh, Jerry Palm, right? It's always with Jerry Palm. <laughs> it's always with it's Jerry. always with Palm. <laughs> No, I mean, just this year. I've never been on the bubble before. It actually turns out I never was, as I said, as first report on this podcast. Um, one of the 16 teams left, but whew, got me heated. What a time that was. Uh, what else? What What else do we got to talk about? What else have we not hit? We haven't talked about Arkansas, I guess, the Arkansas-Gonzaga game. You, you said that was one of your favorites. What uh um, I'm more fascinated just to see if this Drew Timmy run is going to be because I've you know talked about him being a Leitner you know 2.0. He's Leitner light really, but I think I think if he has a tournament run where he has six games where he just is magnificent as we saw against Memphis, we're talking about Drew Timmy and the zeitgeist of college basketball as an all timer. So I'm fascinated to see if that if he continues his tear against Arkansas. Who uh what what teams I guess uh we did the happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Um. What teams are we must win the national title? We've done that throughout the season. Yeah, should we revisit that? Mm-hmm. I think Gonzaga is obviously on number the, one. They're, on they're the number list. one on the list. Yeah, of have to win the national title. Duke's um, number two, I think. Duke is number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, I although I think a Final Four might be might be a win though. It's it's a it's a you know it's what I mean? a minor like, win. But as Jim is shaking his head over there. They they want the national title so that they think if they win the national title that wipes away the the last K game. But I'm saying if they if they go to the final four they're gonna try to wipe away the last K game anyway. You know they, what I mean? Them going to the Sweet Sixteen they're gonna try <laughs> try to wipe away the last K game. This is just inevitable. This is but what they do. Going to the final four, I think they. <laughs> the championship if Duke if Duke goes to the Final Four, uh, that is a that is a success for the coach. It is. It's a W. I will give. So him I that. don't. I don't. You know what I'll do if he makes the Final Four? I'll tip my cap. <laughs> I don't think Arizona has to win the title. Arizona is just no. getting started. I think Arizona. They're almost borderline happy to be here. Arizona's Final game. Four. Arizona and Purdue are the two teams good enough to win a national championship. That if they get to the Final Four and lose by twenty five, they're okay. Their fans are like, honestly, we made the Final Four. Honestly, we're cool with that. Yeah, we'll take that. Kansas is. Title number three. I think they're number three on the. We got to. I would the title say. List. I would agree with that. Especially that Kansas has the easiest path of all the like. When you top, look at the Midwest, contenders. yeah, yeah, the Midwest and, and certainly the Vegas side. That's not even my opinion, by the way. Providence fans, calm down. Look at the Vegas odds. Yeah, of all the teams that can. It's good win for the you, Providence. It's good. Providence, Iowa State, Miami are among the lowest, and I think like Michigan and St. Peter's are down there too. And you know, so the, the Kansas. I, I would agree with you that Kansas getting to the Final Four. Um, you know, it, you obviously celebrate, but like they have bigger goals. They mm-hmm. have to have bigger goals, especially if Remy Martin is going to be as good as he's been uh, lately. I think Villanova's number four or I think number Villanova's three. They're right there. Up there. They might be tied with Kansas. Yeah. They both might be number. They actually both could probably be arguably ahead of Duke when you talk about like the actual team. Is Villanova themselves. or UCLA higher? I guess Villanova. Of we have to win a national title. I think I think UCLA is like if we make the Final Four again, back to back Final Four forever. <laughs> I think they think if they go back to back Final Fours, that's similar to the you know mid two thousands Kevin Love, Darren Collison. Yeah, you know. but is that good or not? They got Ben Howland fired. Not that he didn't get fired for going to Final Fours and losing, but you know what I mean. 
that he ended up getting fired. Like, was it three years later? After yeah. That? So it's is that good, good enough? It's good enough. It's you think so? Enough. Yeah. I think Westwood celebrates another Final Four. I think Westwood celebrated a Final Four when UCLA made the Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah, I think they did too. <laughs> we were watching the local news and they're like they're interviewing. They're the force. <laughs> they're interviewing UCLA students at Rocco's. And they're just like, we did it. <laughs> Suck it, haters. Back yeah. in the Final Four. <laughs> the newsman's like, no. He's like, oh, next weekend, next weekend. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, still. Still. Oh, we're, going, we're going back to the Final Four. Um, Yeah. I'm excited I, I for UCLA to be back in the mix. You know what I mean? A lot of people did not think they'd be here again. I think that they have Team of Destiny vibes a little bit. So if they beat Carolina and they go up against Purdue, I think Purdue's going to be in for a really tough game uh, in the Elite Eight. But I think it's a really, good, I really think, fun game. Yeah, if you're Purdue and you're picking who you play, I mean, Carolina's obviously the worst team. Um, yeah, but Carolina's also... Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't want to play UCLA if I'm Purdue. That's, if I'm Purdue, bad, I'd rather play Carolina. Because you play already Carolina. beat them. You already have the the mental you, advantage. Weirdly enough, UCLA is better than Carolina. But if Purdue's playing UCLA, I feel like they can convince themselves they're underdogs. Mm-hmm. And they might actually be underdogs. But if Purdue's playing Carolina, they that, they have a ton of pressure. And Purdue with pressure in the Elite Eight is a nightmare scenario. And Carolina <laughs> would have zero. I mean, yeah, Carolina... Yeah. And this UCLA game kind of has zero pressure. You know what I mean? Because if you're UCLA, you're expect to go. You expect to go to the Final Four. I mean, that they're kind of living in the perfect spot because Carolina fans, like you said, the past two weeks. I mean, everyone's kind of already like this season's success. Check, you've done it. So anything else is is uh, you know kind of gravy at this point. Quick break to get a word from our sponsors. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful like cashback match. For instance, Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Also want to talk about the guys over at Roback who have been sending us some of their performance hoodies and polos and got to be honest, you need to check this stuff out. The best way to describe Roback is the best fit, best feel. When it comes to quality, Roback does not miss. First, Roback's new performance hoodies, a total game changer. Maybe the softest, stretchiest hoodies in the game from college athletes to professionals. People can't take them off. The best part about wearing a Roback hoodie is when you see someone else wearing one, you just give them that subtle nod, Tate, because you know they get it. There's just someone who gets it. I they did send me they they sent us both some stuff and the the I've been wearing the hoodies all the time they're they're so comfortable they're 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 the kind of thing you throw on and you you just sit on the couch and wear and watch sports and then also like I'm it's time to go out to dinner and I'm just like I'm not gonna change I'm just gonna wear this thing out it also looks good so I'm just gonna go ahead and wear it out the performance Q zips bring out the meaning of the word comfortable they are the definition of versatile and perfect for the office. And Roback's performance polos are now the only polos that we wear. You can't find a better-looking, better-feeling performance polo, even if you're not a polo guy. These polos are just too good not to throw on for a night out. With it being the best time of year, do yourself a favor and grab some Roback to guarantee absolute comfort as you watch hours of college basketball. Root for teams you haven't watched all season and just consume the craziest that is this month. Use code TITUS on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first purchase through the end of this week. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% 20% off all polos, Q-zips, and hoodies with code Titus. Make sure to jump on newly dropped performance hoodies just in time for the spring. Roback.com, promo code Titus, 20% off. Go do it right now. 
Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other private eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, computers, tablets, phones, even your TV streaming devices, whether you're at home or in public. You don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. So go to IPVanish.com slash Titus and use promotional code Titus and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash Titus. IPVanish.com slash Titus. Go there today. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during your biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TATE. Bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win. With promo code TATE this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's talk about coaching Carousel a little bit because we, okay. we haven't really touched on that. We've we've talked about the NCAA tournament for six straight days i want to say and <laughs> i'm i'm just it's all i can think about it's just yeah. like racked in my mind i also think jaden ivy's the best player left in the tournament oh better than nagbaji yeah better than chet better than chet better than paulo bancaro uh paulo bancaro better, better than, than matherin matherin's up there though but i think ivy's the best player like as far as pure talent Gets downhill. I think he's the most talented, gifted player left left in the tournament. Is he? Uh, if he makes the final four, I think that Ivy gets like a number one pick push. I think he might get a number one pick push, regardless. Anyway. Yeah, I really think so because I think I think the case for number one pick is a three horse race. It's Chet, it's Jabari, and it's it's Ivy, Ivy. right? Mm-hmm. And if Houston the case, it, yeah. the case for Chet is that he is he he is unlike anyone else, and he can do things no one else can do. And he's you know, you need, you're he's a project a little bit. You're you're trying to fit the if you're trying to fit a, a square peg in it. Like Jabari, Jabari is the the prototypical. This is what a number one pick is supposed to look like. This is I understand this. This makes complete sense. I see how this man will translate to the next level. Chet is like an open road of like who the hell knows where we're going to take this thing. And then the case for Jaden Ivey is that he's the one of the three that you would put the ball in his head. He would have the high usage rate of the three. He's going to be at the next level. He's also playing off ball right now. So imagine this guy with space and the ball in his hands. That's going to be his role in the NBA. Whereas Chet and Jabari are not going to be the type that are, are running the offense per se. Think about this. You run the offense through them instead of Detroit gets the number one pick. And I always, I've been saying that I think they take Jabari Smith. I think they take Ivy now. Cause if you put Ivy next to Cade, 
that backcourt is like Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, and you have like the athleticism that Cade doesn't have. Now you have next to him. Yeah. And both those guys can get downhill. Cade likes to facilitate. Jaden can go ISO. I mean, I think he could be the It'd number be one interesting. pick. interesting. Yeah. Because Houston won't take him if they have no, the number one pick. I think they would take Jabari. But if Detroit had number one, I think they would take Ivy now. And I think that's why I think Jaden Ivy can play his way into the, the number one Absolutely. Pick discussion for sure. And I think a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people reach out to me this weekend that are like, this kid on Purdue is legit, you know? Because I don't think a lot of people have seen him. Yeah. And they have also not seen the, the, the bad side of Jaden, you know? I think I, I, I have been. Um, Jay Nivey is the one prospect I feel like I know the best of of this draft. Yeah. And to me, the bad side of Jay Nivey, I I am willing to dismiss this season because I really truly think the man is an NBA player on a college basketball court and just looks. <laughs> he's just like he just he keeps looking up place. the clock. Yeah. Every every day he wakes up and he looks at the calendar and he's like, God damn it! I got how many more months till I, I I'm in the draft? Like, can we get this thing? Can we get the show on the road? Yeah. I I think that's what it is. It looks I, like he promised his mom he would go to college for two years. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and I think uh, I think the worst case for Jay Nivey is that he goes to a team where he is immediately the not the best player, but like the man and is like that's why Detroit makes a lot of sense. To it's me. better for him to go to a place where he's got to uh, almost earn the coach's respect or you know the you know Wayne what I mean Casey. because that's it's night and day of how he approached the game last year as a freshman trying to like not crack the rotation but like establish yeah, earn his, his his role minutes, yeah. on the team. Um, and this year coming into the season when he's preseason X Y Z yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that, that would be the challenge with him, but there, I, I think you're right. I think he can play his way into the number one pick. So that's something to watch. Yeah. And like, if they get to the elite eight as they should, then we're one game away from, if he goes to the final four, I think, you know, last year, a lot of people were like, Evan Mobley should have been the number one pick after what you saw in the tournament. I think that, uh, that's, what's going to happen this year. They're, everyone's gonna be like, look, what you see the eye test. I see that Jaden Ivey is the best player. Looks like an NBA player. Looks like he could go downhill and play right now. Reminds people of Anthony Edwards. You know what I mean? He's like a bigger John Moran. Dude, how about Anthony Edwards before the draft saying he didn't like basketball and went now, number one? And then he goes number one and he's killing. That's hilarious. That was red. That, that was perhaps the biggest red flag I have ever seen in the history of NBA draft. And he went to Edwards. Minnesota, which is yeah. like the, the place where you're like, well, if you don't like basketball, you definitely don't want to be playing in that kind of temperature. And that that makes me rethink. That, that was when I officially knew I was old because uh, every other, every other, at any other point, any other draft class, a, a prospect says, I don't like basketball. You're like, stay away from this kid. Mm -hmm. He's, he's terrible. He's going to be terrible. And then you realize, like, maybe that's just how this generation operates or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe <laughs> the fact that you could, like, straight up say that and then be as good as he's been, it, it defies logic. <laughs> Dude, I mean, his his first step has been compared to Michael Jordan. <laughs> and he doesn't like basketball. And he still doesn't like basketball. <laughs> he's kind of like the case study. What if Michael Jordan didn't like basketball? Didn't like basketball. Yeah, yeah. There he is. He's well, still I mean, Maybe Jordan didn't like basketball. Maybe Jordan was like so angry at all times and had such a chip on his shoulder because he's like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate this sport. I want to play baseball. Mm -hmm. It's like, shut up, Mike. Go play more basketball. And he's like, God damn it. Baseball. If you're going to make me do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop 60 on you. <laughs> baseball is, I mean, it is the best. I love baseball. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I get it. I love baseball. Okay.
First love. Perfect. All right. First love. All right. Michael's first love. Too. What uh what uh uh is there anything else? Sweet 16. Honestly, I mean nothing really. Uh, I mean it, are you worried what? about Michigan? That's the word. That's the one game that I'm really worried about. All the other games I'm kind of like I don't have I mean Duke obviously have my stake in, but we'll see what happens with that. But Michigan Villanova. Am I worried that Michigan's going to beat Villanova yes. and go to the fight? I mean yeah, dude, Michigan has the talent. To, that, that's, that's what we said. I mean, Michigan on paper is is still has talent. They still have size. If Hunter Dickinson is hitting everything and yeah. Eli Brooks is hitting hook shots, of course. And the, the scariest part about Michigan is you you do, at this point in the tournament, you start talking yourself into, we are the team of destiny. We can beat yeah. anybody. We can. And uh, for God's sakes, like as, as, as much as I've rolled my eyes at the Juwan Howard uh, uh, nonsense, the the Michigan Michigan beating Tennessee is among the most impressive wins yeah, in the NCAA tournament. That's why I'm like yeah. them doing that is it has my full attention. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and how they did it and and Hunter Dickinson like kind of unlo- I don't know if Hunter Dickinson's hitting threes. I know he's been I know he's capable. I know he's been capable all season, but uh, the the way they started that game against Tennessee and I he hit he hit two, two at least threes. in that game. Was didn't Tennessee hit two as a team? Yeah, I think so. weren't they like two for eighteen? Mm-hmm. I mean, that says it right there. If, if I promise you this, if Hunter Dickinson hits as many threes as Villanova hits, they're Michigan, gonna win that Michigan's game. going to win that game. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and get prepared for that. Yeah, and that ball, I saw the teams were practicing with the NCAA ball. By the way, saw a bunch of teams were practicing with the orange ball. So the teams are keen on. We got to figure this out. Oh yeah, they've been they've been practicing with yeah, it. It's just I, that it's taken a while to yeah to get used to it. I think. But um, what's the what's the coaching carousel situation? What what's what's uh what's the biggest hire that's happened that has your attention? I mean, LSU was kind of May. I mean, Maryland was. There's kinda, a lot of there's yeah. a lot of underwhelming hires. I mean, Maryland, same deal. I mean, I think Louisville is the most fascinating because of the the carnage that's going to come within the recruiting ranks. You know, what I mean? yeah. the fact that Kenny Payne is going to step on the Calipari territory. But I do think Cal is more in the transfer portal than Kenny. And Kenny Payne's going to be more in the uh, the high the five school stars? EYBL five star game. Yeah, so Louisville is going to be interesting. Um, Sean Miller back to Xavier. That's my answer. That's your answer. Yeah. That's my answer for the one. I that think has that's my, interesting. Yeah, the most interesting. Yeah, because I don't. I I it's think good for the Big East. I think it's a splashy deal for the Big East. I think it is good for the Big East in terms of uh, interest, in terms of content, and and stuff like that. Um, I I do think that Xavier thinks that they hired the Sean Miller. They hired the first time around. <laughs> That's what and we I'm both not, said. Yeah, I, and I'm we not saw sure. the picture. We were like, that is a different guy than yeah. the guy that they hired. I think the world has changed. Uh, I think the college basketball world has changed, and I think Sean Miller has changed. And the <laughs> idea that <laughs> the idea that this man is going to sit back down in that head coach's chair and it's what 2005 all over again, 2004 all over again, whenever it was 2005, yeah, four, yeah. That, after the 04 tournament, I think he was hired because Mata went to Ohio State. Um, I think that is not exactly a smart assumption to make that it's going to work out, but I, I don't know. I, I I was surprised, to be honest with you. I was surprised, especially with like the cloud hanging over Sean Miller, and I understand he doesn't have a show cause, and I think like most people that seem to know what they're talking about think that he's going to be – like the worst thing that's going to happen is he's going to be suspended like three games or something, and then you wipe your hands of it and move on. Yeah. Um, But – there is still a cloud and like like the negative recruiting that's going to go on against Xavier with Sean. Like there's still the perception is still there. And I know it's there because you can talk to any coach that's in college basketball and ask him about Sean Miller and they'll tell you how they feel about the man and the cloud around him. So I'm curious to see how that all 
shakes out. Especially because when we joked about the Xavier job, we joked about Chris Mack and like them. We were like, can you even bring back an old coach? And the fact that like they went one step beyond, you know, like Chris Mack, I'd be, I was like, you know, he was just there and he left for this, like, you know, obviously for money reasons, he left his alma mater. So maybe you bring him back in the fold. But then we heard from sources inside that there was no way that was even within the realm of possibility. So the fact that that wasn't in the realm of possibility, I thought the Sean Miller, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's why it, it struck me so much because yeah. it felt like there's no way they go back to the pool um all things considered but they did and then they go with sean miller and like you said he's a totally different sean miller he has a little bit of a stench on him and but that might be good i don't know like does xavier lean well, into that well, and they're like they the start bad getting boys. five stars and yeah, yeah and they say they're not getting up. five stars no well i've i've heard they're not getting i've heard stars. from the xavier people that uh they are now going to zip up bags um that, that is the new thing <laughs> they're, they're not getting five up. stars yeah they're that's that's not gonna happen but um four, I mean, they, they might four get, and a half stars they might get one or two i guess but they're not gonna get he's not getting he's not getting his arizona recruiting classes at xavier that's not happening mm. because the that i mean the audacity if he does start doing that would be amazing <laughs> the the other coaching hire i wanted to talk about was uh or the coaching carousel move is uh um mike white Leaving Florida for Georgia. Oh, yeah, we, we we talk to each other about it. Sometimes I forget what we talked about off the air and on the air, but yeah, this is ridiculous. What what does that say about where the SEC is at that there's no shame? I mean, there there's literally like that Georgia Florida is a real rivalry. Obviously, they have the Georgia Florida game. You like we all know that game in Jacksonville. I mean, it's a big deal, and that is a true rivalry in mm-hmm. sports and that is sacred or so we thought. And the fact that someone could leave a school that is a rival and go to this like NC state to Carolina or something like this is, this should not happen. This, this is, is where's this, Jay Billis. <laughs> this is wrong. This is I, wrong. I'm going back and forth on whether this is a sign that sec basketball should be taken even more seriously than it already is being taken or less seriously. Because, like, the, the, the less seriously is that, obviously, these rivalries aren't that big. Like, you can't... I guess if, their if, argument is that's a football rivalry, not a basketball rivalry. Yeah. But still, I mean... The, the, this is unheard of in, in, if you're truly rivals. And I understand people are going to point to Rick Pitino going from Kentucky to Louisville. He did not go from Kentucky to Louisville. He, yeah. he went from Kentucky They're to the NBA. They're also not rivals. And then, <laughs> what? They're not rivals. Have they ever played in the same conference? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't. That is that is the definition of a curveball. You throw the uh, Louisville, Kentucky, or not rivals at me. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, the the, the SEC. Do you take it more? Because, uh, uh, yeah, like that. Like going from rival to rival, it feels like that. All right, if if you're taking it seriously, you can't do that. But then on the other hand, I'm like, this is maybe it's just like a cutthroat move. That George is like, yeah, we'll take your coach. We're gonna take your coach. And there's there's no love lost between it's such a rivalry that it's like absolutely cutthroat. And Mike mm. White, and that's ultimately what the SEC is. SEC like started tradition of football coaches bouncing around and taking jobs, and because maybe in the SEC's mind, in fact, not even maybe this is a hundred percent how <laughs> they think. This is the only league that exists. Yes, these so are like the only jobs available. These if are only jobs. This, if you're on the status, if you're on this level, once you step into the SEC, it's yeah. like it's like a Premier League manager else. going from Premier League team to Premier League team. Yeah. It's like I don't, I understand. I'm, I just went to the rival, but like, what do you want me to do? Go coach in Germany? No, yeah, that's not. Happening. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I will not do that. I'm not going to the Big I Ten. Only are coach you kidding the me? Premier League, yeah. aka the SEC. Yeah, 
I think maybe that's what that is what it is. I think a little bit. And like you said, I mean, they would argue that it's that ruthless that they stole their coach. Um, But I don't like it. But Mike White opening up Todd Golden going to Florida. I think that's another hire that is is fascinating to me because Todd Golden uh, has has worked his way up the coaching ranks or like getting the respect of all the the coaching community and and put himself in a position to get hired by Florida by uh, almost being the the. I don't know, money ball type, but like the, the, he thinks outside the box. He tried, like basically when Todd Golden pulls the Jimmy V and fouls when he's up in a game just to send the other team to the free throw line and, you know, on the final position, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the Jimmy V move, which is what Todd Golden is, is, will do. And it, and it backfires and it backfires in a, in an SEC game at Florida. I'm fascinated to see how he handles the press conference in front of the Florida fans versus the press conference in front of the San Francisco. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I think all the San Francisco, the, the it's WCC, a cultural leap. Yeah. that's the kind of shit you can do in the WCC and everyone, the WCC is analytic, analytically driven. Mm-hmm. Like I, the average WCC fan, I imagine subscribes to Kim bomb and understands like the, the numbers yes. and all that kind of stuff. Would and explain you can, the luck rating to and us. You could, you can explain, you can explain that away. Like in a press conference, Todd Golden could say, here's why I made X, Y, Z decision. And they're all like, okay, yeah, I follow that tracks. I don't know if that works in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it will. I don't think it will at all. And it's also, it's just a cultural shock a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, it, when I saw that headline, one, I mean, obviously, shout out to Florida. They were like, we're going to get the hottest name you know, that's out there. We're going to get this guy. But also, I want to see what he is like at Florida. You know what I mean? Like, well, who is The cultural fit's going to be interesting. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, I hope to God he doesn't pull a Brian Kelly and starts, you know, speaking with a Southern accent and, you know, all shucking around. You know what I mean? But I, I am fascinated to see what he does. Uh, and, and maybe Florida is nimble enough for him to be that way, to coach it like he was in the WCC. Yeah, because what is what is Florida's identity? I mean, they have Billy Donovan court, but we're we're a long way from the Billy Donovan era. You know what I mean? Like, what is Florida basketball right now? I, I think he can kind of mold it and shape it in his own way, kind of what Tony Bennett did when he went to. Virginia. No, no, he's to to be clear. Todd Golden is a great basketball coach, and uh, I, I'm. It, it it's just uh he, he almost it, might he might be too good of a coach for. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he might yeah. be too. I don't know that 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 one is an interesting cultural experiment because I I I'm curious if uh, that fan base is going to be receptive of a Todd Golden. I guess if it works, it works. You know, like he's going to start winning, and then ultimately they're just like, he's our guy. He's our guy. We like winning. Uh, Teach us what do these numbers mean? You know, (laughs) like whatever. Um, But but that caught my attention because I I, like Todd Golden is a guy that as you're watching him coach uh, San Francisco. I've never once thought to myself, that's an SEC basketball coach right there. Mm-hmm. Get that guy to the SEC now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would never say that. We, we should do it at the end of the year because last year's coaching carousel was crazy, obviously, because of the yeah. retirements, Indiana opens all that stuff. We should do a grade on all of all of the coaches because remember how everyone had their opinions last year as soon as they all got field? Like, let's we should just do, our, do all Fs. Yeah, and then just and then say they weren't, they weren't Brad Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's an F. Tommy Lloyd should have been Brad. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens was on the table, and you chose to hire Kevin Willard. You freaking idiots, idiots. at Maryland! What were you thinking? Oh Louisville. <laughs> How did you not hire Brad Stevens? Wrong NBA guy. Swing and a miss. Uh, what else is there? Is that it? I think that's it. I uh, I'm so excited for the Sweet 16, though. I really am. I mean, when you look at the teams that are in it, we everyone has a reason to pique my interest. I mean, even Otzelberger. You know, I. Iowa State's not getting any love, but 
even Otzelberger has my attention. Who's uh, speaking of Brad Stevens? Who's the Brad Stevens of uh, college basketball that uh, Ooh. is is going to the NBA? Shaheen Hall. Wouldn't that be funny if Shaheen Hall like gets an <laughs> NBA job? Like everyone's talking about him going to Seton Hall, and he just yeah. What NBA job could he take? That, I believe <laughs> the Magic. Yeah, he's, he's the Magic <laughs> offer him a contract, and he goes from St. Peter's to the Magic. Dude, I can see that KD's like we're replacing think, Steve Nash with Shaheen Hall. Do you think the the uh, yeah, New Jersey. There you go. Do you think the if the Magic played St. Peter's today, who you got? The Orlando Ooh. Magic Ooh. in a seven-game series. I mean, you give me Doug Eddard, <laughs> and, I, and I, I think I got a good shot. Depends on if it's college rules or pro. If it's college rules, St. Peter's has a chance. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Because I, I, think, I, think, I think everyone's throwing. Yeah, with college. Bo Barassi's like yelling at no Cole one, Anthony. No one ever. <laughs> Gary. No one ever Gary. factors that in when you talk about, uh, like, the, remember the days of the uh, uh 2015 Kentucky, could they beat the Sixers at the time? Yeah. Um, and and when you're doing the hypothetical, which is like Alabama, it, can they beat the Browns? Yeah, but but more specifically basketball, because when you're doing the hypothetical, no one ever introduces the idea that this game might be ref by college refs. Yeah, so and it might possible, and it might have college rules, and they might be able to flop their way to a win. <laughs> yeah like and that's why when people are like, "How is this guy not good in college and then good in the NBA?" It's like because it's a totally different game. That's why scouting is fascinating because you're like I I have to project that they can play. In but that's space. that's what I I feel about Jaden Ivey is that he's Jaden Ivey I think is actually overrated as a college player. Yeah, and has been underrated all year as, as an, an NBA, NBA prospect. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that 100. percent I think I've, even if Ivey came back next year, I wouldn't even be like, oh my god, Purdue's going to be nuts because of Jaden Ivey. I'd be like, honestly, they kind of got some limitations because Ivy's going to play this certain way, and I don't know how well it's going to work. And because he if, puts his head down and just goes to the basket, and it, it's all clogged up, and he doesn't get rewarded like for it like he will at the NBA level. Yeah, I, I had an NBA person one time say to me he was just too good in college. Yeah, and I, no, and I find that, and I think that's truth. really like the truth. You know what I mean? They're like sometimes there's some guys that are just like. He's a college player, you know. That's what worries me about Agbaji a little bit. My only concern about Agbaji is that sometimes I'm like, he's too good at the college game, but I think he'll develop. Uh, oh, he's he he's NBA. too good. Of he's a too good of a college player. player. I'm worried about him developing as an NBA player. Yeah. I think I think he's been playing college basketball too long. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> oh man! All right, that's it. Uh, Sweet Sixteen. We will be doing. Uh, uh, we're we're gonna be doing shows every every night after the games. Thursday, Same thing Friday, on, our, on our YouTube Saturday, channel. Sunday, go uh go check that out. We'll we'll be uh, putting those out, and uh, we're doing a live show too. By the way, you yeah. can uh go get tickets to that. We're gonna be doing a live show in New Orleans, uh before the Final Four. We're excited for that. We we I, I started reaching out to people trying to figure out guests we can have, and it really is all over the place. So I I don't I don't I'm not even gonna promise what guests we're gonna have, but there will be guests. Mm -hmm. There will be guests. We will have people there um that will be trying to be guests you know what i mean so people have reached out to me saying please i don't want to buy a ticket but i want to be there so you know we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do <laughs> is that jim i want to be I there think but I, I, I think i got him on the list <laughs> uh i i i tweeted a link to it so if you want to fight if you want to if you're coming to the final four and you want to come to the live it's show, in the twitter also twitter bio it's on the titus and tate twitter bio uh it's I, link in bio I I I tweeted a link and and pinned it at the top so you can you can go check that out but uh yeah are are you worried uh, officially give us give us your worry ranking as 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 we sign Ooh. off of Carolina Duke meeting the final four 1 to 10 how mm. how realistic how concerned are you that this is actually going to happen 1 1 mm -hmm. 
You think they're? You, I don't it, think Carolina is going to make it to the Final Four. Okay. I, I hope that they do, but I think that they. Uh, I think UCLA is going to be a tough matchup, and I also think there's no world if there is a God, He would not let that happen. <laughs> He wouldn't let would Coach K get it. He would not let Coach K get the final. Point. All right, all right. And Carolina go. to both get there because the joy and the set. I mean, honestly, it would be like a tragic moment. Like you know what I mean. Like if this was a Shakespearean play, this would be like I've been on top of the mountain dancing around in the sun. Like I saw the sun. I gotta say, if Carolina <laughs> and Duke do in fact meet in the final four, our live show is gonna be the greatest. Goddamn oh thing my god! And we've ever done. So many Duke people would come there. Cause you 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 don't underrate like the sadistic nature of these people. You know what I mean? They love being talked about. Um, whew, that would break my heart. Let's knock on wood. All right, enjoy the three sixteen, everybody. We'll see you Thursday night.